You want to just start? <laughs> like, you know, we can, we can talk about anything you want, sir. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here we'll we'll just throw in. Um, what's up? Bleh, What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Metric, the User Experience Design Podcast. I'm here with uh, Jason Griffey, who's been on the show several times before to talk about, I don't know, I kind of forget, like, kind of like bigger idea things like mm-hmm. chatbots and AI. And why, Jason, I was like working on a project with uh, um, a library system up in uh, North Carolina recently, and they're talking about how do they know like how people actually use their libraries. And so I already know that you've been doing uh, Measure the Future with yep. a couple of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started kind of like pimping it uh and not really and i realized i didn't really know what the status of it was since it's been sure. a while since i've been in library so we're here to talk about your thing which yeah. is really cool let's just jump into it um sure thing people know who jason is uh if you don't look at the show notes i'm gonna have like a little about section or whatever um let's talk measure the future how do you, how would you what is like the tldr yeah 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 the elevator pitch for mm-hmm. uh for measure the future so the the idea with uh with this project was that uh, basically i when i was still in an academic library i was just fed up with statistics about the library that didn't give me sort of actionable data like it was interesting and there were you know you could derive some things from it but it didn't really you know things like circ and reference interactions and you know number of books like you know that doesn't tell me the sorts of uh things that i wanted to know in order to make differences in the way patrons utilize the 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 library and what i really wanted i realized was a a sort of analytics for the space. I wanted something like Google Analytics or uh, PWIC for the physical library building, right? Like I wanted to know, are people stopping at our new book display? Are are people uh, sitting in chairs for 18 hours or are they, you know, coming in for two minutes in order to charge up a phone? Um, I, you know, I wanted those sorts of, what is the 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 the, the space like how do people move through it and what are they what are they sort of paying attention to and so uh, measure the future was my attempt um, at trying to answer this question and it's based on you know the, the, these sorts of um, movement analytics p- projects that have been around in the commercial world for a long time like the things like you know big box stores walmarts walgreens that sort of thing have for a very long time analyzed how people move through space and what shelving units they use and um how they you know when they stop at an end cap which shelf do they touch first and how many times do they touch an object before they buy it? And like all of those sorts of purchasing analytics have been around for a long time. That's interesting. I, I knew that there was a lot of science about uh, science uh, studies about how people, uh, 
shop and yep. that is directly um, impacting how these stores are built. But I didn't yep. know that was so detailed. So oh, there yeah. are heat maps of people moving around Walmart and stuff. These are, I didn't oh, know yeah. these were even things. Oh yeah. No, no, there have been pr- projects, uh, uh, commercially available products for many, 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 many years, over a decade at least, huh. um, that did both, um, analysis of, uh, 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 video analysis, right? So you, you have video cameras, you have security cameras, and you use those to do sec analysis after the fact. You record the video and then, you know, do analysis uh, of how people moved after the fact. Nowadays, you actually have um, shelf-level sensors where you'll either have um, IR movement sensors or in some in some stores even NFC, right, like RFID-style uh, tagging movement um of of materials in in spaces so it's it's really detailed and really really um i mean there's just enormous amounts of data but it's also creepy as everything because (laughs) the the whole goal of these commercial systems are to tie purchasing behaviors to people and into individuals right walmart tracks uh many 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 pieces of things and they're not the only one i I use them because they're you know they're they're a a huge commonly available commercial entity um one of the few left in the u.s um but the uh they i mean these sorts of stores track um your phone right the wi-fi signal uh coming off of your phone and they tie that to your movement around the building and then track that to your credit card purchasing. So you get a complete picture of how people move, purchase, and how many, you know, how often they're in your store, how, how, uh, how many times they come back a month, uh, what their average purchasing is, what style shampoo they like, all of that. Like everything is captured. This is terrifying, and this is without having a proper, you know, setting up a proper account or a user profile. Yeah, no, no. This is all. This is all based on, on uh, either visual or 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 your your phone usually, right? The 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 um, the IMEI of your phone, the, the unique serial number of your phone. Good lord. Yeah. So there. Anyway. So th- I mean, this sort of thing has been used a lot, but what I wanted was. Um, a system that wasn't creepy, right? Like a system that didn't go to the depths. You know, libraries don't want, we, we don't want to sell you things. We don't want purchasing behaviors even, right? We don't want that sort of thing. Uh, but we do want to be able to know how people use the space in order to be able to then iterate on it and make it, you know, more comfortable, better serve the the things that patrons actually do. Um, and, and, you know, to identify areas that aren't used because often, uh, we have space, you know, space is a huge priority in libraries. And if we have spaces that are underused or under, um, underused in the way that we expect them to be, then changing them to better fit the, the patron use is, uh, is really important. So, so that's kind of, that's the idea behind Measure the Future. And, we looked at a bunch of different technologies when the project started. I looked at, you know, Bluetooth and beacons and tracking people via Wi-Fi. There are lots of libraries that do this now. I mean, they're, uh, especially the Wi-Fi tracking um, in academic libraries is, is, is a fairly common sort of thing. Um, there, there, there are places that, that use uh, Wi-Fi as a, as, a, as a sort of heat map as to, you know, for activity. Um, 
I'm not a huge fan of the of those as sort of general data collection tools because especially again if you try to move that sort of that sort of data collection to a public library, you miss huge amounts of the people that uh, that I and I think others you know might care the most about, right? Like if you're if you're basing your uh, movement tracking or your you know your activity tracking in a library on a cell phone, you miss people that don't have cell phones, and so you miss kids, you miss some teens, you miss uh, you miss uh, um, uh, you know people that that simply can't afford um, a cell phone. Uh, you miss recent immigrants that might not have a cell phone yet. You miss. I mean, you just miss you know, big swaths of the sort of people that public libraries are, um, are interested in. And so, um, so I, I kind of ruled that out, uh, initially. And, and so what we ended up building, um, for the project is, um, is a, a camera based sensor. So it's a, a sensor that uses a standard webcam with, um, a Raspberry Pi. Um, now the current model uses a Raspberry Pi and then a bunch of open source software underneath. And the way the sensor works is that it, um, looks at a space and it basically tracks movement, um, as, uh, pixels move, right. As, as pixels change, on the camera sensor, it tracks those pixel changes and then um, records them to a database and over time allows you to see the parts of your spaces that are, you know, very, very active, uh, the parts of your spaces that aren't active. Um, it allows you to derive like how, you know, how frequently do people stop at the, you know, reference desk, how people, how frequently do people stop at your new book display, how long on average they spend in front of your shelves. Um, all of that sort of data is then, um, you, you, you know, you can kind of, uh, derive that out of the, um, uh, out of the data that we capture. Um, I said camera, and that usually makes people a little nervous because uh, we are deliberate choice of the word yeah. pixels. Yeah, yeah. And I was going yeah. to ask: Is this tracking people's faces? You know, yep. how you, you're. You know, you had mentioned that you want to make something that's not creepy. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we. So the the camera in you know it's a camera. We are intentionally not using it as a camera. The it takes exactly one picture. When you do this setup of the system, when you do a setup of one of the sensors, you have to take a sort of background picture. That's a, a calibration image, effectively, right? So you take that with nobody in the picture. You just, you know, because you want a picture of your space. And then after that, the system uh, doesn't take pictures. It doesn't take video. It doesn't do any sort of identification of individuals. Um, it doesn't, there's no recording of any sort of, any sort of visual input all it's doing is we're using that camera sensor um to to look for movement to look for how how pixels change and so what's actually recorded the data that gets recorded to the database is the location so xy coordinates on the initial image and then timestamps um so you know the the pixel this pixel changed at this time and it was you know it took this long to move this far um so you get movement and um you get time but you don't get images pictures people any of that 
So it's, yeah, it's really about the space utilization, not about the people, um, not about the individuals, right? We don't want, we don't want any of that. (laughs) As soon as you can identify people, it gets really um, dangerous, right? right? Uh, There's just, there's literal risk. Um, and, uh, both for the library and, and for the people, right. Obviously, um, for the, for the patrons. And so in order to minimize risk, um, the system is designed specifically to not do any of that. That does mean that we don't get the sort of robust things. We can't derive some things that, uh, that more creepy systems could. If if someone uh, enters a space that has one of our sensors watching it and then exits the space and then enters the space again, we don't we we don't know it's the same person. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any way of saying like you know uh, Mary uh, has been in this area twice um, or you know person number 47 has been in this area twice, right? We're not doing any sort of deduplication of people right. uh, again, because that increases risk of, of, of identity, right? Like if you, if you, uh, if you have that sort of data, it becomes easier to de-anonymize people, even without images. So we're not doing any of that. That does, prevent us from knowing some things about the library that might be nice. But um, that's a deliberate choice on my part to try and make the data that we collect a little safer. Well, I think that makes, uh, I, I think that makes the product more compelling. Donna Lanclo made a, a wonderful argument last month um, when I interviewed her. And of course she's quoting the works of others for, you know, creating a, creating a system and a service that deliberately doesn't track yeah. the stuff. Yeah. Um, and of course now, you know, the, the news about Cambridge Analytica and <laughs> you name it, at least temporarily put, you know, the, the wide public on their, on their heels. No, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm fond of quoting Bruce Schneier uh, on this front who, who for a long time has described ta- data as a toxic asset that uh, if you have it, eventually it will be dangerous, <laughs> right? So you know, it may not be dangerous right now, but the longer you have it, the longer the risk of uh, the, the more the risk of it becoming dangerous. And so um, what we don't have, we can't, you know, we, we can't give away, we can't leak, we can't. So, so Measure the Future is you know, designed from the get-go to be as private as we could figure out how to make it. How has it been received so far? So yeah, so let me talk about a little bit about the the kind of development, just so that you kind of see where, you know how we got where we are um, with the, with the project. So we uh, we were originally funded by a Knott Foundation grant, uh, which was uh, fantastic. That was um, our very early funding to get everything going. From that, we produced an alpha uh, product, and we tested that alpha um, in the New York public library, actually, um, taught us a lot. We, you know, one of the, one of the things in alpha test, especially of a new hardware and software product will teach you is how broken, uh, it can be. And so, you know, we, we sorted out what, uh, what we learned from that and produced, uh, produced a beta project. We've been in beta for about a year at this point. And uh, we've got uh, seven, yeah, seven at this point, uh, beta partners who have either have hardware or will have hardware um, from us. And uh, those are collecting data, testing to make sure that the data answers the questions they want. Um, We are, uh, part of the beta process has been uh, both kind of 
to make sure that the sensors obviously just operating properly, right? That the data is being collected well and that, uh, that the, the data is, uh, is, is accurate and all of that. Um, but part of the beta process has also been us on, on the development end kind of pushing, uh, forward into the next stage. And the next stage of development is, um, networking the sensors right now the sensors the current beta sensors are all uh, islands they're all uh, they collect their data that they collect they don't talk to each other they don't talk to a central server um it's all right. hyper local um collection and that's awesome for what we needed which was we needed to make sure we we we, we wanted to verify that the data that we collected was um safe right before we start throwing things around networks and before we start any sort of uh any sort of widespread collection of data um i i needed to be comfortable frankly that the data wasn't going to be uh wasn't going to be dangerous and so i'm 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 fairly confident of that at this point and so we're um we're in the process of developing um that networking setup so that the sensors will then um throw the data at a visualization server that the libraries will have access to and that they can then query and ask questions of the, the, the biggest limit is right now of the current system is that we're, because all of the data is only on the device, right. is only on the mm-hmm. sensor. The, um, we're, we're using raspberry Pis, which are fantastic for what they do. Uh, they are great for our purposes, but when you start querying, hundreds of thousands of data points and at trying to ask questions of them, the, the, the Raspberry Pi is just going to melt. It just doesn't have the, it just doesn't have the horsepower to do robust visualizations of very complicated data sets. And so um, some of the questions that I know the data can answer or some of the visualizations that we can build, we haven't been able to make, kind of happen Mm -hmm. robustly yet because um we need all of that data on a real server we need to we we need to throw it up into uh into a server that actually has some metal behind it that we can use to um to really crunch on the numbers to do some things i mean some of the visualizations that i'm most excited about we've just not been able to build yet things like because we have data points that involve place and time we can do sort of patterns of movement Mm, Uh, instead of just heat maps we can actually literally watch people move around and get some uh some patterns that emerge that way we can do you can ask um both space and time query things like for this space like again right in front of the reference desk what's the average amount of time that anyone spends there um does that change on Tuesday mornings or Wednesday mornings. Does right. that right? Like you can ask all sorts of interesting questions it based on the weather outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can you can start throwing all sorts of interesting okay. things at that, and um, and and what I'm hoping is that we see some interesting questions, some interesting answers emerge from that. But we don't. We we haven't quite got there yet. Where that's the next step, and we're you know if you've ever built software, software is uh, time frames and stuff are fuzzy. It's yeah. very it's very very hard to do uh, to do accurate um, guessing as far as software. I had hoped we would be done now. I, I thought that you know kind of April May was a good window for us. It looked like we were going to be uh, somewhere in there. It looks like it's going to be later in the summer, June July, but. Um, 
but we're 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 close. We're 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 very close at this point. Can you talk about your choice? to license Measure the Future as a Creative Commons? Uh, sure. So, well, the, the Creative Commons applies to the um, applies to the, the, the website and everything. Just the website. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The project itself, all of the code on the project itself is actually uh, GPL3. Okay. So yeah, you had mentioned that it was built on top of open source software, yeah. which yeah. I imagine has open source implications about yep. what you're building as well. Yep, yep. It absolutely does. So we're... Um, yeah, everything we everything we we have built, everything we will build, as far as the sensors and the data collection, all of that stuff, is all uh, is all open. It's all going to be open source. We're building on top of uh, an open source stack, so the the underlying uh, software for uh, all of the analysis we're doing is OpenCV, which is mm-hmm. uh, a, an open source uh, computer vision library. Really fantastic. Um, it has caused us some enormous heartache at times, but um, but it's it's a great tool. And so, uh, because of because we're, I mean, well, because I believe in open source and I believe it's important for things to be open. Uh, everything that we have, we have a GitHub repository. Everything is up. Everything is open. It's all uh, freely licensed. Um, we chose GPL three. Um, in, intentionally to try and um, I know that there are, you know, there are holy wars war, waged over the type of open that people are. Um, I made that choice specifically. So uh, because I, I was a little concerned of um, a larger player repurposing some of our code uh, for, for other reasons. And so, um, so GPL three protects a little bit from from things getting locked down that way. It would require that anything that they build on top of it would also yep. have to be licensed GPL openly. That's correct. Yeah, it's a viral license. So um, from my perspective, that was again, eh, it's my project, so I get to make those choices. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but that that was that was why we went with that one was that to just to, to insist on it remaining free. I have already been kind of uh, daydreaming about the scenarios where larger vendors with a huge bankroll essentially create their own measure of the future product yep. um and and then selling it you know wherever yep. it can so here they can build off of yours but it would require that theirs would and, also have to be open and, and that's good you know the argument yep. for having open sources especially um things that are open source that are responsible for protecting privacy yep. ensures that that there are fewer holes yeah <laughs> well and and just audits. I mean, I've said this. Uh, I've said this a bunch of times in in presentations I've given on Measure the Future. Is that like one of the reasons that I wanted to make sure that this was open was that I am suggesting people put uh, what looks like a camera, right? Like it's a camera mm-hmm. um, in their library to help understand the space. And I can say, trust me, all I like, um, but. Uh, because it's open, if someone wants to verify that I'm not, you know, that the system doesn't take pictures, it doesn't record video, um, they can they can do that. Like someone can sit down and look at the code and make sure that the system is doing what I what I say it's doing. And so that's important for me, right? I, if if I were on the other side of the table and I was thinking about implementing this, I'd want a way to verify what someone was telling me and so uh because the code is open that opportunity is there for people have you heard much interest from companies and other organizations that aren't library specific this seems like it would have huge application 
uh, I don't know, you name it, Phys- yeah. anything that has a physical space. Yeah, um, the the ones that I've the ones that I've I've had the most sort of kind of passing interactions with were the library tan you know, the, the things that are library uh, uh, library like right. So mm-hmm. civic other civic spaces, museum spaces, archive spaces, places like that. Um, anywhere where privacy is a uh, is is still a val is still a value that they hold, right? Um, it, it's probably not going to be as uh, as useful for places where there is a commercial interest because I'm not capturing data that they would want as a as a piece of their you know of their endeavor. Um, uh, so you know it, it is definitely going to be those spaces that have the the sort of privacy first uh, mentality that would be interested in something mm-hmm. like this. Um, so we'll we'll see. I'm I'm trying to trying to trying to make a success in libraries first because it's the space I know and it's the it's the you know I understand the problem set a little more if if uh, if, if we were to try to implement something like this in say a healthcare situation, like I just, I just don't know the problem set, right? I don't know what the, uh, what the likely outcomes would be, even though they're a privacy centered, you know, they may need some of the same sort of space analysis stuff. Um, it's just not a, not an area that I, that I know well enough to, to kind of go there right now, at least. I wonder if there's any place on your roadmap, however, however distant in the future, where you have essentially a measure the future kit that is just pop up where folks like me in a, in a design consultancy can just say like, Hey, uh, we want to watch this space for a hundred days yeah. and it's easy to put up ourselves, you know, and then yep. like hook up to one of your services and then pull down. Yep. I, I absolutely, one of, one of the things that I would love to, uh, to get to is exactly that sort of like, you know, we just need a 30 day sample of yeah. the space, right? Like we just want to see what this space looks like for 30 days. We're going to capture the data. We can pour through the data afterwards and stuff, right? Like we can, we can dump the data and we can play with it, but we, we need, you know, we, we need to do this capture. And so, um, yeah, totally that sort of thing, especially for, um, architecture firms for you know like all of that all of that sort of space um there's there's a lot of opportunities there i've talked with a couple of architects about it um for that sort of you know we're renovating this space in a year Mm -hmm. we'd love to know how people are using it right now um uh so that i think is there's a lot of potential there one of my hopes is I i think there's a couple of different levels that i that i hope happen as this you know kind of grows one is um, we have a lot of beliefs about our spaces in libraries. Like we, you know, I mean, we live there, right? Like people live, you know, the, the staff, the librarians, like we're there. We see, we see our, we see our patrons every day. Like we probably have pretty good ideas about how the spaces are being used at the same time. Like humans are terrible eyewitnesses. Like sure. we, you know, we, we infer, we, we fill in gaps. We, um, we, we just make mistakes about what we see, but we're, we're terrible. Like we have, you know, there's lots of evidence about how bad people are at noticing things. And so um, while I, I would love both to see some of our, our anecdotal beliefs uh, verified, right? Like I'd love for, uh, for measure the future to be used 
to to gather data that shows like look at this we 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 have numbers and we were right about this i also think that there are going to be times probably where uh our beliefs are challenged a little bit by the um by the data that we capture and by you know how how people are really using our space um but i think both of those are super exciting because it means that we can uh we can make the space better for our patrons like in both cases we get the benefit of being able to improve how people you know are comfortable in our space how people use the space um to you know to what they need um you know we can test the spaces i love the idea like one of the things i'm excited super excited about is a b testing spaces in the same way that we like a b test websites like I would love to have a place like put some furniture in, you know, measure for 30 days and then swap everything around and measure for 30 days and see what sort of effect it has on numbers and on time spent in the space and, you know, all of that sort of thing. Like there's just, there's some super interesting studies that can be done. And, um, you know, I, 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 I'm really excited about the potential I've got to get like <laughs> the, the part of, part of the challenge with any project is, you know, I, I mentioned early on, we were, uh, we were grant funded for the alpha. So, you know, that, that was a huge benefit and it got us up to the alpha. Um, but at this point we're, we're bootstrapping it, right? Like the beta partners that I'm working with are helping to fund the development of it, but, um, yeah, so so the funding model right now, uh, the, the the you know the beta partners are, are are helping to fund the 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 further development of it, um, but you know that's bootstrapping is hard. Like there's no steady you know there's no steady funding for this project right now. So uh, I see all this potential and like I want to run, but we're we're having to sort of very carefully crawl our way to the uh to the next stages is it possible that individuals could donate is that i'm, I'm just kind of uh, hitting up the site yeah we haven't gotten i have not i've just i, I haven't done that yet i'll say that the okay. the the individual donations i haven't done um i haven't done any of that yet uh you know we're not a obviously we're not a nonprofit or anything like that and um so um it wasn't wasn't comfortable just kind of going that route just yet but uh oh, like kicks or kickstarting, yeah, kickstarting or, like or anything that. like that yeah i mean i did a kickstarter for the library box project which mm-hmm. was really successful and and actually quite quite fun like to to uh to do i you know doing some sort of a crowdfunding thing for measure the future feels uh feels like it you know might be a possibility at some point but uh you know i i uh i would love maybe if there are any librarians listening that uh that work at r1s and really want a cool fun a really fun measurement tool to uh to do some studies with come see me we can uh we can write a grant together one of the things that has uh kept me going on this project is that there really is just nothing else out there right now right, right? like it, if you want to do this sort of uh study of your space there is no automated way to do it in, you know, that there's just, this is it really. Um, So I feel like it's, I feel like there's a lot of potential value here. And so uh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep plugging away at it. We'll, we'll be, 
the, the, you know, if everything keeps moving the way it's moving now, we'll have the kind of next step, the next, the next um, kind of software release will be, you know, sometime over the summer, at which point we'll have that central server, central visualization server set up going. That actually makes scaling much easier (laughs) when, when we, you know, the distributing sensors and things becomes a lot more straightforward when all the data is moving to a central server. So uh, that will actually help the project quite a bit when we can get to that point. So the, uh, we're close. The, the final thought that I have, and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it to you for any kind of uh, final words. I'm going to edit that sentence a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that uh, I think it's exciting years down the road, maybe not, hopefully not years, but to see whether or not Measure the Future turns out to be profitable. You mentioned that you're yeah. not nonprofit, and I imagine that is intentional. You know, this, you're trying to make this a service in the business. If a privacy conscious data tracking tool turns out to be profitable, this, you know, this is going to be an example for other organizations or groups who want to get into the space to yeah. demonstrate that, gosh, you don't have to track everything to make money. Yeah. And I think that's a signal that needs to be heard and demonstrated more widely as well. Because right now everyone's looking at Cambridge Analytica and while yeah. folks are scared, they're like, what a super rich company. I, you know, gosh, you know. Um, they did make a lot of money. They made a lot of money. You know, library vendors, you know, they see those dollar signs yeah. too. Yeah, and, totally. And, and vendors that serve other nonprofits who are themselves for profit, these learning analytics systems, these are all, would are in dire need of hearing like a, a positive message that, you know, ethical data tracking is a yeah. thing. Yeah, we're we're I'm trying. I, I, you know, I can't uh, I, I, I can't build anything that I don't uh, that I wouldn't use. Like I, I just I just I, like I can't. Like that's one of the reasons I'm in libraries to begin with, right? Like, um, you know, I'm a technologist. I could I could be doing other things. I'm in libraries because I believe in the mission and because I believe in the ethics and the and the uh, the goals of the library. And so I'm going to build tools that kind of uphold those and. Uh, I believe strongly that there's a market for it and that it can be a, you know, sustainable, um, a sustainable uh, business. Um, I, I, I joked a couple of times during presentations that I'm the worst business person. I'm, 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 I'm a decent technologist and I think I'm an okay librarian. I'm a terrible business person sure. because my plan is to build everything and then give it away and hope people pay me. This That's could be a, proprietary, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this is. A, I mean, it's a terrible business plan, but 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 at the same time, it's the only one that makes sense in this space. Like, mm. I, I I just. I don't believe that that closed systems make sense in libraries or, or, I mean, in any civic space, in any like public civic arena. Like I think, you know, again, ethically, philosophically, um, I I just believe so strongly in this. That's the thing I'm going to build. And so either it's going to be sustainable, which I think it will, or it won't. And I'll find that out. (laughs) How can people get a hold of you and hit you up about Measure the Future, whether or not they want to participate or yep. just like throw you money or signal boost? Yep, absolutely. So uh, I am at jasongriffey.net. Um, you can find kind of all of my different projects. This is one thing I work on. <laughs> um, I have a handful of others. Um, We're very uh, busy. 
<laughs> uh, well, I I keep myself busy. Yes, I uh, I also do you know technology consulting for libraries, and so if anyone wants to um, to talk to me about that, you can also find information at jasongriffey.net. Measure the future itself is at measurethefuture.net. Um, there is a link at the top for uh, that says beta, and you can get all of the information from um, you know how to become a beta partner, kind of what those what that looks like, um, how to build your own sensor if you're interested in uh, playing with the project yourself. Links to our code and GitHub, and then um, contact links are all on both sites uh, to get uh, in touch with me directly. Thanks a million for making the time. This is super interesting. I'm glad uh, I'm glad we could like kind of like, dig into it. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for giving me uh, giving me the opportunity, Michael. I uh, always always like talking to you.